In a world plagued by reboots, haunted by sequels, dominated by the same old shit. Get ready for an original podcast that will gouge out your eyeballs and skull fuck you. Starring Ginger Josh, Adam the Hare, and introducing the immortal Frank. Hold on to your butts. It's the Game Rage Movies TV Podcast. right you heard it your ears were not mistaken this is the game rage movies tv podcast this is episode four minus one (laughs) (laughs) because guess what everybody we're doing another godzilla episode (laughs) so y'all can get fucked rerun son of a bitch (laughs) I know the whole intro is literally talking about plague sequels and re- the plague of sequels, reboots and fucking whatever. And then we're literally just doing the same thing again. But it's different. It is different this time. I swear. I we swear. Sound, you, we sound like Hollywood. You're right. I swear to God, you guys. Listen, it's totally different this time. Uh, anyways, as always, my name is Josh. Oh, I do have some topics we can talk about as far as movies go. Oh, good. All right. In cool. addition to what we're already going to talk about. All right. Perfect. That sounds great. Anyways. As always, my name is Josh, and uh, the person that I've been speaking with this whole time, if you don't know, is is Adam. Howdy. So, did you want to start with those things, or did you want to fucking do Godzilla first? Mm, well, it's only one thing, I guess. Oh, all right. Well, whatever. I mean, we can talk about it after. All right. Um, well, let's get right into it. We'll talk about it. You, you, you're going to remember it, right? You're not going to forget what no, it no, is? No, no, no. I'm not going to forget it. Okay, yeah. all right. So, we went. We just came back. Breaking news. We just got back from going and watching Godzilla minus one. Minus a one. Minus color. Okay. So it it was different because it was only in black and white. There was no color to be had. It was the, it was sans hue, no color. So it was a different feel. First, first impressions. What What do you got? First impressions. It made me feel like we were watching a World War II documentary. That is, that is basically, it should have been Godzilla minus one, minus color, minus narration, because that's the only thing that was missing was some British guy saying, and the Godzilla exits the water, and now he's going to do the heat ray. Like, that, that's the only thing that was, you know, missing. So I thought that opening sequence when they, it's dark, or not the opening, well, I guess the opening attack, I guess, or let me back up before that though that that first when the plane the kamikaze plane goes and it's landing on the island when they were doing it from those angles man i did feel like there was a camera attached to the bottom of a world war ii plane we were watching actual footage of world war like shit going down that was pretty cool it it does look certain sequences looked better which i will be talking about throughout this segment yeah but that looked cool the the one complaint which will come up in this first sequence is essentially at nighttime. Anytime it was night, there were no, it, it stuff was kind of getting muddled a little bit in the darkness. And some scenes also had a little bit of muddiness to them because 
I compared it to if you go and you watch old black and white movies, pretty much everything seems really bright and it seems really, even though it's black and white, it still seems very bright. The contrast, you can still see everything. But there were certain sequences in this movie that didn't have that, that they were very muddled and the stuff kind of got lost. And I think that's because it wasn't originally shot in black and white. And I do think it's because there were some CG aspects to it. So I think that may have been part of it because I do feel like all they did was just put a black and white filter on the, you know, over the original filming or the cut. I don't know what it feels like. I don't know if it was that simple. I mean, hopefully, I mean, <laughs> it's just as simple as pressing a button. Yeah, to I mean, well, <laughs> with, with the modern edit, video editing software, that's all you need to do is just push a button. Like, you just need to click a filter, and then it applies it, and wait for it to render, and then it applied it to the entire film. I, I, would, I, would, I would argue against that because, I mean, it, it can't be just as simple as putting on a overlay that's black or turning down the color, right? Because you have to, I think they have to dial the contrast, the shadows, so that, I mean, I mean, I guess depending on what sequences, uh, I mean, what you're talking about with the darkness, yeah. I mean, maybe they didn't even, I don't know, if, I don't want to say if it was a good job or not, because I, I don't know, but I mean, could that stand, could that stand to have the shadows, the brightness turned up and maybe the shadows turned down? That that could have been, I mean, that it, could have been yeah. helpful. But I'm saying, I'm. Uh, but my main point being that I don't know if it was just as simple as pressing a button, or I don't know. I guess we have to find out and look into the fact, or rather, look into any kind of interviews that say what they <coughs> did with the with this with this movie. Yeah, no, and it uh, it did it did sort of not to go. Oh, I mean, I am going to go on a private tangent here, but it did it did get my fucking wheels spinning because it did make me think that, okay, obviously with black and white lighting is, is not everything can just be, be lit. You don't have to get the right angles of the light. I don't think, I think it's a lot less invasive as opposed to when you're filming something in color. Right. So, and then also it kind of got me, okay. What, like thinking about what if we not, necessarily making something that's i don't know if the right word would be entertaining quote unquote but maybe if we made something like just to see like an educational film of like world war ii right and instead of obviously we don't have you know there's not there's battles that the footage doesn't exist so what if we like picked like a naval battle and took like little miniatures and then like the way if you do it in black and white and you do it correctly from the right like angles and stuff. And then you can digitally add in they, there's software where we can just digitally add in like the guns exploding and you just make it, you know, you make the thing move and then you put little firecrackers on there to blow it up. Like they did back in like star Wars when they were doing those things. Mm-hmm. Right. What if we did something like that and see, like, just look how it came out. And if it came out looking pretty good, cause if it was in black and white and if you throw like a film grain thing over it, we, and then you just narrate over it, the battle, we could maybe, uh, somehow sell that as like world war two, our own version of world war two documentaries, but we just made all the footage of the battles ourselves. If like, especially naval battles, cause that'd be kind of, I mean, I'm not saying it'd be easy to do, but it would be more doable than obviously if you had to hire 3000 guys to be extras, to be on the ship or whatever. It's like, well, if the ships are just fucking shooting shit at each other and you're just taking sequences and putting them together, I mean, that would kind of, 
That's like doable. And even if we did it just as a, not even necessarily as an educational video, but if we did it as something like we could put on YouTube and just be like, oh, well, here's this battle. And then we could do wrestling commentary over it. Oh, good God almighty, they killed him. <laughs> like, you know, oh man, that'd be great. But anyways, that was good. It got my wheels spinning to something that we could experiment with, you know, film techniques or whatever, and just kind of see how it goes. Because getting those little model ships, they're not expensive. They're pretty cheap. And, you know, we could literally just set up a green screen and basically set up uh, like one of those clear buckets with water and then just edit out the bucket and then, you know, maybe edit in actual because it's going to be on a green screen, maybe overlay an actual footage, just stock footage of like ocean water. And then the boat is moving like it's on water because it's in the bucket. But you just take the, you know, it kind of would look might look good. I don't know. Something to think about. Got my wheel spinning. But anyways. That was the tangent. Back to the to the topic at hand. I do think that <clears throat> there were sequences that did look way better. There they like okay, so there's there's the sequence when he first Im, like he merges up out of the ocean after he blows up one of those fucking uh ships or whatever and it's like all smoky around him. In the color version, he kind of like blended in with the smoke, but this one it like he like he like popped out of the screen almost. He was very like yeah, yeah, when he's like doing that thing. He looks up. And he's like ah, like he's like gonna yell or whatever. Like that was fucking pretty cool. Yeah, that was pretty sweet. Uh, what other sequences that stood stood out to uh, to you? Oh man, a lot a lot of them. <clears throat> um, and I'm, I, <laughs> I I think I'm out of place by starting backwards. Ah, who cares? I, I, out of your fucking element. True. Yeah. Well, you know, we also already did the in-order review of the movie, so the, the people have already listened to it, so now it doesn't matter what order we do it in. And if you didn't, if this is your first episode listening, you should go back to the Godzilla Minus One episode and hear that one all the yeah. way through, and then listen to this one. All right, so this is just me, and it could be that I'm looking into it too much, uh-huh. but I think there is something to be said about black and white and shadows yeah. and brightness. Uh there's the scene where Shikishima is talking to Tachibana, who is the mechanic, and Shikishima is the protagonist of the film, who is a coward kamikaze pilot. So this is towards the end of the movie itself, where the the repair mechanic is talking to him and letting him know, hey, this is the ship. This is what we've done to it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, this is the lever for the bomb itself. You let it rip when right, you're ready yeah. to, to do it. But there was a conversation that they were having, I think, where I think it's it's something along the lines of him saying the, the war isn't over until we get this done. Yeah. And he bows his head and the, it's the way the lighting works. It's, it's obviously when you dip your head, it means you have shame within you that you're, it's, it's not a, it's a feeling of discontent. Like you, you sadness, I suppose. Yeah. And, uh, the way he puts his head down and the shadow comes over it, over his face, it, it made that, moment more powerful where maybe if that was done in color that would have not been something you would have paid attention to yeah but it 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 becomes more apparent within that with the black and white filter i suppose yeah okay so i'm reading i was doing the jamie fucking research here because i wanted to know how they fucking did this 
And there's no definitive answer because it's all just, it's not official sources, but it's people that have talked to people in the official sources of how they did it. Okay, give it to us. So basically what they're saying is that, yes, they could have just put a filter on it and that would have been like so easy. But they were trying to capture a true 1950s horror Godzilla feel to it. So what they did is they went back frame by frame. The original Godzilla? No, no, the original edit of the movie, the original final cut. They they took it and they took it frame by frame and they de they desaturated manually every single color in the thing so that they could make sure that it actually popped because what what some people some are saying is that if they would have just put a filter on it, the whole movie would have just felt flat, which I kind of I kind of see that now if you watch old black and white movies it just kind of feels flat sometimes. The grayscale is too much. Right. So this one, when they went back and they individually adjusted each color manually in each frame, that is a level of detail that you just, you have to have fucking respect for because that couldn't have been easy to do. And cause you got to make sure all of them line up. And I do think that where it gets muddled in some of those sequences, it's when there's heavy CG, like when Godzilla is blowing up a building or the building, like that building across from the, the radio guys, it's like a theater or something when they're on the, the roof and There's he's trouble. like just, just ticking to town and the building is crumbling around Godzilla. It, that did look muddled. And I think it's because it was all CG. Like none of it was actually, the building wasn't real. It was just CG. So I think it's CG Godzilla smashing this building, CG building going around him. And then now you've removed the color it just, I don't think that they were able to make those parts because it moves too fast. Because, you know, when it's a digital artifact, it they don't necessarily move frame by frame. Like, as if it was a real item actually, you know, mm-hmm. moving in space. So, I think it's probably that's why those sequences were the ones that kind of felt a little muddy. Mm. And you didn't really get the right, you, you kind of got, ah, oh, that looks kind of bad. But overall... I thought it looked really good. Yeah, it's it's a it's it's um it's a handicap that you're playing with. Yes, play with grayscale because you can't, as you're saying, you can't illustrate everything because it's essentially in monochrome or or right. It's 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 grayscale. So yeah, when you have rubble and it's got the same color and the same texture as Godzilla's skin, right? Yeah, that's it blends in. Yeah, you can't do anything about that. Yeah, and it's all. But see, that's the thing is it's all CG. Even the lighting is CG at that point. It's artificial, so you can't really. I don't think you could really ever play with it enough to get because you're just in you're just in grayscale. You're literally in black and white. And yes, there are multiple different shades of black and white, which is how they were able to succeed in making shit pop and stand out. Mm Hmm. But it's like when there's so much of that shit going on at once, it's almost it, like it just gets lost in itself. It does. And so that's the only real complaint that I have about it. Everything other than that, it looked fucking great. It was I, I enjoyed the movie the first time in color. But man, this second go around seeing it in black and white. And I think I don't have official confirmation, but. It is. They are saying it was also a re-edit, so it wasn't the. It's not the same movie that we saw the first time. There are slight variations. I can't tell you what they are, but because I don't know, and no one's made a list. But people are saying that it was a re-edit, not a, not just a. Oh, we're gonna just, uh, what is it? Just just decolor the same exact. They they did it a little bit differently. 
than the first one. Are you talking about certain scenes being left out or? No, I don't know if it's being left out, but the way that the scenes showed up, I think that they put, I think there was one sequence when Godzilla first comes into to Ginza or whatever, and he's walking. There was a sequence where I felt like it was shot from a slightly different angle. I felt like it was a slightly different angle than what they showed in the original movie. Because mm-hmm. I feel like this was a true... Like, when you saw Godzilla the first time, it was like a side profile only, right? Like, when that that sequence, I feel like it was a side profile. And this one, it felt like you were tweaked a little bit. And I think that was to capture... Because it's in black and white, so there's no color. So I think that... Because you didn't really need to do that in the, in the color version. But I think they kind of maybe switched... Like it, like changed his angle just a little bit so that you could really get that pop, that like uh, contrast with the sky or something. Right, yeah. So I kind of feel like that was probably why. Like that's that's some of the ch- slight changes that, mm. like I said, I I kind of that one stood out to me. I can't really think of any other things that, but it would make sense if that's what they you know did. Um, you know, especially like that scene we we talked about where okay, we had originally said yeah that scene when they're he's following behind the boat, the wood boat when they're when they first meet him, and he puts his head out of the water and you can see like from his nose up and I, I, you had said, and I had agreed with you that, Oh yeah, that's going to make him look way more menacing and fuck man. Fuck if it did, man, that made it fucking, he, I was like, Oh, he's, you could see like his emotions better. I feel like in the color version, cause all the water flipping around and shit, it's almost distracting. But when they removed the, the color, it just made you have to focus more like on the whites of Godzilla's eyes. And that just draws you to look at them. And then you can see the intricacies and the details in his eyebrows where you can see the angry look and you can see that, like that gaze that he has locked on them where he's like, Oh, I'm gonna fucking kill you guys. Like, this is it. You're dead. You little Mm -hmm. bastards. Mm -hmm. So that was fucking excellent. Just excellent. I mean, I listen, I love Godzilla. I'm a Godzilla Mark. All right. So I don't think I could ever say anything necessarily bad about godzilla even and i will say this even the fucking american version movies a lot of people didn't like them but you know what i liked them just listen again they weren't fucking 10 out of 10s but they gave me what i wanted to see which was i wanted to see godzilla blowing shit up or fighting monsters and yes granted new buddy cop godzilla movie with fucking king kong that's coming out i don't know i don't know how that's gonna be but i'm sure i'm gonna love it because i love godzilla so yeah go ahead my brain is not going to have a single fucking wrinkle in that movie. <laughs> it's going to be smooth it's brain be Adam. Smooth, smooth as fuck because smooth as fuck. It, it appeals to my five-year-old self. Yes. My, my yeah. undeveloped brain that wants to see monkey and, 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 and lizard. giant lizard <laughs> fucking blow shit up. face, dude. You know what? It, it does remind me. You remember... Uh, that fucking game, uh, was it Rampage? Rampage? I think they made a movie oh, with The Rock. Game. I love that game. Yeah. I love that game too, man. But they made a movie with The Rock that was terrible. But that game was awesome. And this is like the true version of of seeing that. It's, oh man, all they need is a fucking, uh, like a cat. Like some kind of a of a weird cat animal to be in there. And man, we got Godzilla being in like in Rampage essentially. Because that's where we got to, to dole out all our Godzilla fantasies when we were kids. Was you just play that game and you just go around and fight other monsters and you fucking destroy the city and all that shit. So... But yeah, listen, I'm excited for the, for the, we're going to go see it and we're going to fucking talk about it on here. <laughs> this is going to become the Godzilla podcast, basically. <laughs> apparently, man. Apparently. Yeah. Uh, I we, guess so. We do need to watch another movie though. After this one, just to change. Iron Claw for sure. Up. Yeah. Iron Claw has got to be next. Yeah. If it's still playing next week, we're going to see it and then we'll do another. 
I do have to say, uh, while we get back to the subject of, of, Godzilla, yeah. of scenes that s- stood out really well in uh-huh. black and white, uh, there's only, I mean, damn it. It, it kind of sucks because there is the rest of the week, I think until February 1st that you can see, this is the final week that it's going to be available in theaters. Oh, really? I think the, the regular screening of it and the minus color version they won't be available in theaters. So this is your last chance to see it, but it, it's not going to do any good because if this episode goes up on Thursday next week, then that's basically one week. And that, that was the only week that's going to be available. You know, fuck it. I'll just put it up tonight. Yeah. And then that way everybody can, if they listen to it, they can say, Oh shit, we got to go. Yeah. So I'll do that. I'll just put it up tonight. Cause honestly at this point, not to, not to go deep on inside of our, our fucking numbers, but like we're so ahead. Yeah. It doesn't even matter when this goes up to be honest with you. Cause we're, we've made so much content this month that we far exceeded. Mm. So it doesn't fucking matter when it goes up. It could just go up tonight and who cares? All right. Okay. So, so then that, anyways, that, that's not a problem anymore. Yeah. Not a problem now. So that's good. That's, okay. that's good. So something that I appreciated, uh, in the black and white version is yes. The scene where the plane is flying in towards, the Odo Island. Oh yeah. Fucking cool. I don't know why it looks to me. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a placebo effect it possibly, is. <laughs> but it does look cooler. It, it, there's something about black and white that it, it suspends your disbelief that you're fully immersed in this world. That is during the 1940s. Uh, unlike any other, I, I, I don't know. Cause when you, when you see old movies, that's how they were filmed. was in black and white because right colored film wasn't developed or television and color wasn't developed back then. So it, it almost makes more sense to film it in this format or right, to have yeah. it in this format. So right. um, with Godzilla, his first appearance. Um, so in the colored version, you can tell right away. Actually, let me, let me get back to one other uh, scene. So, the way to tell when Godzilla is coming is when f- deep sea fish surface. Uh, right. And, uh, they, they, they decompress too quickly and they're, they're they basically implode or they, or their tongue starts sticking out, their eyes bulge and they're just puffed up like a puffer fish. Right. Yeah. So that scene looked a lot cooler in black and white because of the contrast of the fish itself, the belly side being white and the water being pitch black nearly. Yeah. Uh, so the contrast makes it stand out more. So your eyes are focused on it. And the Godzilla's first appearance, um, one thing, so you're talking about the muddledness of dark, yeah. dark right. scenes. This one actually worked out better because in the colored version, you kind of see when Godzilla is coming, when he makes his first his first appearance, because there's a slight, there's a slight light visible towards him. Yeah. Where you can see his orange, there's the orange tint to his color. Right. Yeah. When so he's in like, when it, he's in like T-Rex size form. basically. Right. Right. So you see him coming right away with you. You can just tell. Yeah. But in this one, because it's so dark, you don't see him right away. So it, it does become a little bit more sudden, a little bit more of a surprise when you see him. Yeah. Eventually. Um, I, I love that. And, um, when he eventually emerges in the ocean, there's something about the horizon of the sea and the sky. And then Godzilla being like the medium between the two. Yeah. 
when he eventually emerges and starts wrecking face and just destroying shit. It just looks cooler. I, I don't know how to describe it. It looks better. It stands out more. It makes it makes him as if it weren't already the focal point or that Godzilla is the focal point. It just makes it that much more clear that he right. is. Yeah. Um, I don't know if there's a defense for the Tokyo scene. Hopefully I'm, hopefully I'm not skipping around too much. No, no I'll, I don't, I don't want to get there yet. Never mind. Okay. So <laughs> eventually once, uh, Shikishima settles down and he finds this woman named Noriko, who is, uh, who is, is, Oh, before wife. we, before we even get there, I, well, I mean, I guess that kind of happens after now. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. This happens after. So sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. All right. No, no worries. Um, so he's settling into his place and this woman now becomes part of his life. And again, where black and white was advantageous for this was making the subject stand out more. So when, when Shikishima, and this also happens in a previous scene, but when Shikishima unfolds this little thing that Tachibana, the auto repair guy that um, was part of the Island that, Godzilla had. <laughs> Did you call him the auto repair guy? Yeah. The auto- <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, he's repair like an mechanic. aircraft mechanic. Re- 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 yeah. I, don't, I don't know if that's. I don't yeah, know. I don't, I don't know why. I, I don't. Know my, my brain defaulted way, way to, to that. undercut the guy. Really, yeah. you know. So the aircraft <laughs> me- repair mechanic. Yeah. Gives him these photos while they're being shipped off to Tokyo, I guess, or the prefecture of Tokyo. Yeah. Uh, before they disembark or not disembark, but before they eventually get off, he gives them photos of all the people that had died and the whiteness of the photos. And there, there is black in it, but yeah. it, it stands out. And then when he goes to his house, when he's in the dark and he's holding these photos or maybe it's just the lighting of the house itself. Right. Yeah. But when he's holding it, it, it's like, ah, shit, it weighs a little bit more. Yeah. So I, I love that about the black and white overlay or what are the black and whiteness of the film yeah uh was so are we at the part where you're yeah kind you know. of i mean it's close enough but before we even say that i i do want to say i don't know if it's because it was in black and white but like the fish sequence right the the pictures and that stuff it seemed like the images were sharper and clearer mm-hmm. than in the color version you know yeah. so i don't know if that's directly because they did a frame by frame De- desaturation or whatever it's called when you turn it black and white. Yeah. But it just seemed like it was crisper for some reason. The whole movie was just crisper for some reason. It, mm-hmm. it, it, it was very, very well done. But, um, so yeah, the part that I was going to say, man, I don't even, I don't know why, but I didn't remember the, the lady who's the auntie. Samiko. Uh, yeah. I didn't remember her being such a bitch at the beginning of the movie, man. I don't know why I just, I like this time it just, maybe because it was in black and white for some reason, it hit me harder and it stood out. And that's another thing. I feel like the performances stood out more also of the actors, like the dialogue stood out more. And I feel like it's because you're not, I feel like, okay. Cause you know, when your brain's processing things, colors, like there's so much colors. Yeah. And maybe, maybe I'm just stupid, but you know, I, Oh, yeah, good. I, I, I don't think there, I don't think you sound crazy. It's like the same reason why when you're driving for, it makes absolutely no sense. Right. Yeah. But when you turn down the radio to when somebody's giving you directions, or, or you're trying to concentrate on what somebody's yeah. saying. Um, maybe it's something like that where you're just, 
it just helps like, yeah, to, well, to like, turn things down or maybe there's, yeah. it's an ADHD thing. ADHD it thing, could maybe. be, you know, maybe that yeah. is what it is. Cause I know we all, we both have fucking ADHD for sure. Like, uh-huh. I, but yeah, it just, because there was no color, I, I didn't notice the level of performance or I didn't, I should, I should say maybe I noticed it, but I didn't appreciate it as much until I saw this version. And like, I didn't, cause just looking at her facial expressions, expressions when she was saying shit, I, you fuck when it was in color, it didn't seem like it was that venomous what she was saying to them. But goddamn, it was so much hurt, so much more hurtful when she was telling him about basically how you're the reason my kids died. And then when they bring when he brings them over, he's she's like, the basically the fuck are you doing with these these people? Like you can't be having them here. And just the the little the little snide comments that she would make didn't seem that big of a deal the first time. But this one, because I was probably more focused on maybe the tone of her voice and also like the facial expressions that she was utilizing, that really stood out to me. And it really highlights the excellent job that the actors did mm. in in that in that regard because it's this shit that you kind of didn't notice when it was in color a little bit. So it, 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 there was a funny scene with the with the kid. Like, okay, you know when uh, when he, about Kiko, yeah, the kid, right? The Kiko. When <clears throat> there's a scene when he at the end when when they go to see Noriko in the fucking hospital and he's he has her and he's holding her and he starts just like weeping and the kid literally just looks at him and she's like you I, I didn't notice this the first time around but she's literally has this look of like what the fuck is happening right now she is so confused when she's looking at him like why are you crying and I don't know that that was on purpose but it makes so much sense for the scene cuz she literally Right before when they walk in, she's happy. She shows, you can see the happiness in her face because she sees her mom that she hasn't seen in fucking weeks or whatever because they thought she was dead or I don't know. They how never told it. her that though. They said well, she went true. to they work. They just said she was gone. So, well, they thought she was dead, but they she didn't know when she was going to see her again. So it's like, oh, I see mommy. But then she looks, she's like, oh, why is why is my, my dad crying right now? This is, I don't understand. What? And that was pretty cool, like the way they did that. And like I said, I don't know if it was on purpose or not because obviously that kid is like, what? Two or three. Two or three, yeah. So obviously she doesn't know what the fuck she's doing. But if they if they kind of made her do that, that's cool. And then I also noticed in the sequences when the kid was crying, you can tell when they made her cry. Yeah, because she's looking at she's off looking the off the screen into the distance, and then all of a sudden just goes, puts her head back and just goes, basically like when Godzilla's gonna shoot the fucking uh mm. the heat ray, she just throws her head back and opens her mouth and just goes. <laughs> and i was like damn that's funny because i didn't notice that the first the first go around but anyways the, the performances i feel like were always that good but it's just it, it took the removal of color for my brain to be able to process that i guess so just another credit to the fucking actors and what a great job they did you know yeah what else so yeah go ahead I guess I could say also since fuck we're just skipping around fucked up. Oh yeah, we fucked up. Sorry. So the the Odo Island scene there was there was a there was another part when Godzilla's thrashing around smashing shit. Yeah. That there's all this debris everywhere. Oh yeah. There was fire. So the absence of light, and then you could see little pockets of fire, and yeah. then the repair the repairmen. When you just see Godzilla's giant ass. Oh foot, yeah. His fucking clown shoe foot. Um, <laughs> uh. The repairman actually stood out more 
Right, yeah. Because of their white uniforms contrasted by the black background and little little pockets of fire everywhere. Yeah. Uh, it just it just looked cool. And also, <clears throat> again, talking about the scene where Shikishima and Nariko and Akiko are when she's a baby and they're cooking food. I don't know if this is just me, but I could have sworn I paid attention to the necessity of food more. Yeah. Because they didn't have all that much. And you, the dialogue talking about food itself and then Sumiko telling them, well, this is all I have. I have fucking a bag of rice so you can make gruel for this kid. Yeah. But the fire in the, the pot itself, it stood out more and it, it made, it just made it more apparent for why they needed food because the baby's not going to survive. Right. Yeah. She, I didn't, she, she also says <clears throat> adults can survive on anything. Right, right. Yeah. I didn't get that in the first go around. I didn't get that, how desperate it felt that they needed. And maybe because seeing shit in black and white makes you think of the great depression and like nobody had food. Maybe that also <laughs> highlights it too, but it did make me feel like they were really, really desperate for food. That's why he took that job in the first place. That was super dangerous because he's like, here, they gave me a 3000 yen advance. And she's like, holy shit, that's awesome. He's like, well, it's kind of dangerous. And then she says, no, you can't be dying or whatever. How are we going to survive? How are we going to eat? If you die, you're the one making the money. And so he's, and then he says, well, that's just too bad. We need to make the money. So I'll be fine. But yeah, it did really highlight how destitute they really were. And then it's also it also contrasts itself when he drives up in the motorcycle for the when he when he buys that motorcycle because mm-hmm. he's oh hey I've been making good money we've been doing good for ourselves. You see her go in because I think that's when it jumps time the timeline. Also, so you see it from I think it's like a like maybe six months or a year later after he gets that job and then it skips to them, him driving up with the motorcycle. And then you see her also not wearing hobo clothes anymore. Hobo and clothes, yeah. uh, you kind of see, Oh, they're, they're doing pretty all right for themselves. They went from basically not be even be able to make gruel for the baby to eat, to have nutrition to now, Oh, he's driving up on this motorcycle. They don't dress like hobos anymore. You know? So, but anyways, yeah, where'd you want to go now? Um, hmm. Trying to think, maybe more Godzilla shit or what else stood out to me. Oh, uh, back to the Odo Islands, Odo Island scene to the beginning of the movie. When he steps on the plane and it explodes, Mm -hmm. that sequence felt a lot more detailed than in the colored version. You when he steps on it and you see the explosion of flames come up. It like it, it just highlight everything was just so perfectly highlighted in that sequence. Mm. It really made it feel like, oh shit, I just witnessed this plane blow up. That's crazy. Mm. So yeah, that was fucking awesome. Yeah, I think um I think when he powers up for the heat ray, yeah, and then you get the I don't know if it's called blight, but you get the opposite end of the gray scale spectrum, which uh-huh. is white, which makes it feel uh, that this is oh man this is the end <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, this is this is a powerful weapon that Godzilla has and you just get to witness it and it like like any natural light or even light fixture when it's really bright you kind of like oh shit like fuck, yeah I can't see anything this is it's kind of problematic and with that with the heat ray man it, 
it just looked I, I don't know if it's better in color or if it's better in black and white but it again it just makes you put focus on on the little the little things black and white makes the little things stand out a little bit more yeah so um, i'm trying to think of other things that stood out to me um yeah the i guess we could talk about when nariko goes into the city to go do her job and godzilla is making his way through i guess downtown tokyo yeah so something this isn't relevant to the black and white thing but i was paying attention this time because i i knew i didn't i wasn't just making this up but it took me a second time to watch it godzilla's movement went from t-rex to upright and somewhat limited because of his stature. I think it's because it's just his weight and size, you know? Yeah, like, and he had, you know, he, his arms are up here. Right, yeah. Because he but, was a lot more mobile and agile when he was in T-Rex form. Yeah, because he could do more. But <clears throat> now that he's a behemoth, essentially. A behemoth towering over Tokyo itself, his range of motion is limited, which is why he results to, you know, his little fucking T-Rex arms, <laughs> like swiping or doing yeah. that moving his whole body or using his tail to thrash and destroy things. But I don't know. What do you think about uh, movement being from something we've seen before with T-Rex, with the T-Rex movement in the very beginning? Yeah. Which we've we've seen from like Jurassic Park and shit, right? Yeah. But for something that's more, uh, is stalwart the appropriate word? Stalwart? Um, I don't know. Is it if that's the appropriate word? Stalwart. I would say it's almost strong more strong and imposing. I mean, yeah, that kind of is. But I would say to describe the movement, it's almost more mechanical. Mechanical. Like it's it's very limited in range and scope, and it's very because again, he's so huge, mm. he can't just be. And but but they do highlight Godzilla's not fast, right? but he's quick. So they highlight when he's out of the water, when Godzilla's in the water, because he's not limited to gravity basically. Cause there's your weightless, well not Boy, weightless, yeah. but he's, you know, there's gravity doesn't work the same, obviously when you're underwater. So he's got more freedom of movement. I feel like, cause his limbs don't weigh as much essentially when he's underwater. So if you take essentially when he goes on land and the only time he is quick is when he's attacking buildings and you see him, his, you can see his hands are still quick. He's got Godzilla throws hands. All right. He's got the hands. He's, he's whooping ass. But then when Shikishima's flying the plane to distract him to come back, you see that quickness come in because as he's coming at him, he, you can see he can whip his head around still. And then, cause he tries to bite him and it's a very quick jolt movement. And then, but that's it. Then he's like, uh, then he kind of like has to go back up to being upright and he starts walking again, like that lumbering slow walk. And then Shikishima comes at him a second time and you see, he comes at him from the back though. And so you see Godzilla literally do this lightning quick move where he bends over and just the tail just comes and just is almost takes him out. And so you can see where Godzilla has those bursts of quickness, but his actual movement speed is is very slow. Even when he's chasing in the Tokyo scene, right, and the people are running from him, you see his foot come up to take a step, and it almost takes him like 45 seconds to pick up his foot and then step forward again, maybe even a minute to, to take one step. Now, granted, his steps are probably, what, 
like 500 yards apart. So he's moving 500 yards a minute, which is way fucking faster than, you know, I mean, if you really think about it, that's pretty fast, even though it looks like he's going very fucking slow. Mm. So it is, it is fucking, it is weird to have that juxtaposition, but it does make perfect fucking sense. So I, I, I think I was trying to get at that. Yeah, sorry, I went on a tangent there. <laughs> it seems more threatening because, well, I guess people back then wouldn't know what the movement of a T-Rex was like, but for us, since we've seen it, but seeing him do that robotic, it just, it feels more threatening. Like, this is a godlike creature that yeah. it feels that way. Um, and this, off on a tangent for the fucking millionth time, but the parallel between Godzilla and and uh, Shikishima, uh, as he is finding more reason to live, Godzilla is growing in size and destroying more. Yeah, and that shit's wild, dude. Like to think about. But there's also the aspect of all Japanese people feeling survivor's guilt, like, oh, fuck, why me? Why am I still alive? Or for him, I mean, well, actually, more specifically for for Shikishima, who was a coward, a coward kamikaze pilot, that he's having these nightmares, and Godzilla is this thing that beckons to him that unless he fucking takes care of this, he's always going to have this survivor's guilt that um, he can't get rid of. And, yeah, um, and also, like, Sumiko, the woman, just being a... I can't say she's being a B-word, but, <laughs> but you know, she does weigh heavy on his conscience, reminding him, like, hey, you fucked up. Yeah. You need to make this right. Everybody's dead because you were a coward. You're one of the... Yeah, you're one of the people that made this whole war of failure. If you just would have did your job and kamikaze into more into a ship, mm. maybe we would have won. Yeah. So, uh, I forgot what else to add about the, the parallels, but yeah. And also maybe this is a stretch, but there's also the thing about neither of them should technically exist. Neither Shikishima or Godzilla should exist because this creature is like, what the fuck is Godzilla to begin with? Yeah. What the, what the fuck is that? <laughs> and then Shikishima should be fucking dead. Right. If he, he would have went through with the mission that yeah. he was supposed to do and didn't land on Oda Island, he yeah. would, he would be dead. So now these two are colliding two things that should, should be not, exist should, in existence. Yeah. And really, honestly, the only reason that Godzilla is the threat that he is, is because of the nuclear tests that we did on the Marshall islands or whatever. And that's what made Godzilla mutate essentially. Maybe. We don't know. I well, mean, it's alluded to, but it is alluded to, but I conclude. feel like it's yeah. gotta be. That's why I yeah. feel like that's gotta be what they're saying is that mm. this was the reason why. Cause before that, remember the locals had the legend. It's been a legend for hundreds of years that this Godzilla thing exists. So Godzilla as this eternal T-Rex is here. And now maybe it just took something. Cause he's been obviously the biggest fish in the sea or he's been at the top of the food chain. So nothing's been able to fuck with him, but if he gets nuked, and has to regenerate. Well, what's the the natural response? Is he'll regenerate larger. So that's what turned made him get even bigger. Which makes you think: in the next one, is he going to be even larger after he's regenerated? Like he's going to be twice as big mm-hmm. as he was before. Which might be kind of cool. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so where the fuck are we at? Um. 
What do you got? Uh, I would say two. Okay, I, you kind of already talked about it, but when he's when when Tachi, what's the name? Tachibana. Tachibana, the repair. Yeah, the, the the auto auto repair guy. No. <laughs> when when he and Shikishima are talking about that new plane and he's showing them everything, the sequence right before that, when the ejector seat is shown, but it's written in German. Yeah. The, oh, okay. Yeah. And, and so that was very much so highlighted, and that already because like obviously I already know what happens because mm-hmm. we've seen the movie, mm-hmm. but the first time around. I saw that and I kind of thought, oh, hey, that's interesting. But now this time it's very much highlighted because of the way that it's contrasted against the seat. The black seat. And yeah, you, you can sticker. see it. You can see it very fucking clearly. And it just makes you say, oh, okay, cool. They were telegraphing this from the beginning or from that point on that that he, his redemption isn't going to be in fulfilling his kamikaze mission, but it's going to be in fulfilling essentially the mission, but still living and surviving. Cause now there's an option for him to live. And, um, kind of like you had said too, where you do, you see him, I don't remember seeing him pull the fucking ejection seat. I remember seeing him pull the thing to, cause my original theory was that the thing that the guy told him was the thing to arm the bombs. I was like, Oh, that's probably the ejector seat button. And but then obviously that was wrong because it was the it was that lever that he had to pull. And he did tell him that the, the, the thing that he was going to pull was the bomb. itself. That's what he told him. And so that's what I thought. Oh, he's telling him that so that he'll eject and not know because mm. he's like because because you didn't know because you didn't see him tell him about the ejector seat. Mm. They cut away right before he's because he says, oh, yeah, and one more thing. And then they cut back to the wide shot of the plane. And then you just see them still there, and it cuts to the next scene. But then after he lives, and you see the the the, the parachute, it cuts to that scene, and it shows him telling him about the thing, and he tells him basically, "Hey, live. Yeah, you, you have an option. Yeah, don't fucking just die, man." Which like, is which is interesting because now that they have a reason to stand up for themselves against this uh, existential threat, yeah, that Tachibana w- went from somebody that was trying to guilt trip. Uh, Shikishima. I don't know if he was trying to guilt trip in, in, into seppuku. Yeah. But to say, this is all your shit, dude. This is all your fault. And then to flip the switch and say, no, I, I maybe I was wrong because um, that dude, Noda, Noda, the the scientist that created the weapons and yeah, yeah. And also came up with a plan to defeat Godzilla. There, there was that scene where they're in the war room. I guess yeah, yeah. what you could call the war room. And there, there's somebody that is uh, a tertiary character that says, oh, should we say goodbye to our families or something along the lines that this is probably going to be the last time he said, yeah. no, this is not, this is not a suicide mission. We want everybody to live. It's our prerogative that everybody makes it. And yeah. Maybe, maybe uh, we've been going about things all the wrong way that, our tanks were built too thin. We threw around bodies too much with the kamikaze pilots yeah. and the supply line supply chain resulted was, in over half of the Japanese deaths from disease and famine. Yeah. So, and even, even a tertiary character in the very beginning says, you know, I kind of respect that you came back cause this is not what we need right now. We, we need yeah. people to rebuild Japan. And yeah, well I think Tachibana tells him that he says, Hey, you know what, man? He's like, I agree with you. He's like, why follow an order that means you're going to die for a war that we already lost? You know, what, why, why, why do that? Yeah. So I think that's kind of one of the bigger arcs or themes in the film is that 
you got to find your reason to live even at the fucking bottom. Yeah. And family itself is, you know, whatever the fuck you made. It's not, it's not blood related all the time. It doesn't have to be. Yeah. It doesn't have to be blood related, but also community effort, man. Cause they were kind of left to, um, fight for themselves because the U S couldn't come in because it would have escalated the cold war and Japan couldn't do anything because they didn't have shit. Cause it had all been taken away after so, because they fucked around because the government itself was basically incompetent and yeah. they weren't, they didn't want to pass the information that Godzilla existed and they, they couldn't, they didn't want to cause panic. And then the people that knew is like, we gotta do, we gotta fucking do some, something. So it was cool to see that. And, um, yeah, seeing this movie twice, dude, it, this isn't a movie that you can view at home. I think this is something that you have to go see in theaters to get the scale of Godzilla. Cause you're, if you're just watching at home, you're yeah. kind of aware that you're, you're right, in your yeah. house and you, you get distracted and shit. If you go see in the movie theater, that's, this is all you're focused on. So right, yeah. I, I really think you got to go see this movie. I mean, you get the chance. Yeah, but. I agree. I think that it ha- it needs to be a movie theater experience. And I'm kind of hoping that this propels them to bring back some of the older Godzilla movies from maybe not necessarily the fifties, but you know, maybe the ones from the seventies and eighties. And kind of put those back in theaters because I'd like to see those on because I've only seen them on, you know, like a regular television. So it'd be sweet to see them on the big screen because that may not that those movies were bad, but it may increase the appreciation because then you get to see the scale of Godzilla, whereas uh, you watched him at home. And then obviously, you know, it's a guy in a suit and then, you know, the buildings are, you know, four feet tall instead of, you know, these giant skyscrapers. But still seeing it on that huge screen may have a bigger impact. So it'd be kind of cool if they go that route with this. I mean, I don't know if it's probable just because granted we did go on a Thursday fucking night, but I mean, we were literally only two people in the movie theater, which was great for us. Probably not so great for the pocket of the, uh, of the, of the film, but you know, whatever. It was Thursday night. I, yeah, I, it's, I mean, not, it's not, but it's not jump to conclusions. Remember, yeah. Well, here's the thing. If we wouldn't have been there, there would have been no one in there. Do you think the movie theater people were pissed? Because I didn't really see many people around. Did you think, oh, man, they thought, oh, we're going to go home early because there's going to be nobody in these last showings on Thursday night. And then here come Josh and Adam come rolling up to the 810. It was at 8 p.m. So it was To the time. 8 p.m. Yeah. fucking uh, Gojira minus color. Oh, great. These assholes want to watch this movie in black and white. What a bunch of fucking <laughs> hit. They probably thought we were like movie snobs or something, you know? Maybe. I mean, <clears throat> but it is cool thinking, man, we are one of the people... Because there there have been past movie experiences where I didn't go see the movie in the theater. Scott Pilgrim being one of those movies that I wish yeah. I would have saw in theater, and I just missed out. And I'm glad I didn't miss out on this seeing this in theaters while it was around. Yeah, me too. And by the way, if Scott Pilgrim ever does come back in the movie theaters, we definitely need to go see it because I didn't never got to see it in the movie theater either. Yeah, so I, I would. I only saw it on or fucking home video or whatever. Maybe I did. I'm not sure. I honestly don't I think, think I, I might have gone by my. I, I can't. I can't even remember. So I'm. I'm basically saying no that I did. Yeah. 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 So um, I'd, be down. I'd be down. Shit. Yeah. The. I mean, doing him doing the heat ray in Tokyo. So I guess we're at the halfway point of the movie where he lets out a roaring heat ray blast and man, him standing with the dark gray clouds and he's just roaring. He's like, Oh yeah. fucker, you sons <laughs> of bitches. You're making me stronger. And, and, but I hate you all. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
And then, oh man, okay, so this scene actually looked cooler because when when they create the task force after Noriko gets her ass blasted oh, from the concussive force of uh, literally, as the kids would yeeted. say, literally yeeted yeah. across town uh-huh. from the force of probably what was bigger than a nuclear blast at that point. Yeah, but somehow, somehow she's okay. Yeah, oh yeah, she's good. Uh-huh. Only has a a sling on her arm and just a bandage around one of her eyes, right? Mm. Not necessarily implying that she is actually dead or, uh, you know, the eye is missing, but you know, yeah. So she gets yeeted across mm. town. That sequence was real fucking good. When she pushes him into the alley, you really see the look of care on her face that she is sat. She knows she's going to die. And she yet she throws him in anyways. And then when the concussive blast hits her, you you just see like like you see her face make this this like oh god. And then she's gone, toast. A second degree or third degree of survivors survivors guilt because oh man he wouldn't make her his wife. And that's and he kept putting. A, I understand though because he, I don't think he feels like he's a man or that he can take care of a child. Well, I mean he was he basically was, but. It's this avoidant person, a detachment yeah. thing, so that he prevents himself from feeling or getting too attached. Cause right. Who the f- just like the way she got blasted or whatever that yeah. happened to the kid too. Yeah, maybe maybe it was just a defense mechanism that he just couldn't have a family or convinced himself that he didn't need to have a family. Um, right. So the the scene where they're all they're in the war room, dude. Since we already talked oh, about yeah, it, yeah. But, Actually, it wasn't the war. It, it was the when the plan was being formulated. All the the Japanese citizens in the Tokyo prefecture, whatever that's, I think it's called Ginza or yeah, uh, whatever the counties are called, uh, and they're all meeting. That scene looked cooler because it was in black and white. So yeah, it yeah. kind of yeah. Uh, I don't know what, what do you got to say about that. I, I agree. It did look cooler, and then <laughs> I didn't even realize this the first time. Okay, when they're having that original meeting where they have everybody in there and they're trying to come up with the plan or they're going to tell everybody the plan of how they're going to fuck up Godzilla. And I didn't realize this, but then they have all these guys bitching, complaining, and then they leave. Some of them leave. So they knew from the beginning that they didn't know that anybody was even going to go on board for this plan, right? But yet there's this sequence when somebody brings up a thing of, hey, well, what about if this doesn't work? And then he goes, everybody go to the windows. And they just had those dudes waiting outside, sitting there to just blow the fucking, uh, the, bo- the buoy or whatever. Oh, and the, the flotation like, device? Beforehand, were they like, okay, guys, you're going to wait here. And if we, when we come to the windows, we'll give you the signal, and then you blow the thing. But was their whole thought process, okay, if someone asks the question, then we say, let's go to the window to prove it. Like, you know what I'm saying? That's just, it was just funny. Like, those guys were literally sitting out there. What if they were sitting out there in an alternate universe and that question never gets asked and then they end the meeting and then they're just sitting out there and then it's like nighttime and they're like, hey, uh, can we go home now? Like, what, yeah. what happened? Yeah. Like, they just got forgotten about. Yeah. That'd be, that'd be fucking hilarious. All right. But anyways, yeah, that, that meeting, it had more, I felt like the, when they were showing what was going to happen to Godzilla in that little tank, I felt like that was even clearer than when it was in fucking color because mm-hmm. I because I, they were in like kind of a darkened room and it was you know it, not that it was hard quote unquote to see but it just it just felt clearer in the black and white yeah uh yeah and then i think i paid attention a little bit more to some of the side characters i think i was telling you the yeah. uh 
what was it? The Navy captain or Navy? What's the, what's what was his position? Yeah. He was like the, well, he was like a admiral or something in the Navy. Yeah. Beforehand. He was, I think he might've been the guy almost in charge, in charge of a large part of the Navy. And then he was put in charge essentially of this. He got all the Naval sh- or not Naval ships, but all the ships together that were going to be a part of this. He's the one that kind of put it all together and was like spearheading this thing. Mm-hmm. I forget what the guy's name was, but, um, yeah. Um, so when it came to the parts where the plan was in motion, I think it was called Wada Sumi Sumi Wada or Wada. Yeah. The Sumi, Wada Sumi operation. Yeah. When they were organizing the plan to take out Godzilla, there was a scene either just before or just after and the scene just before is them being in disbelief at God. Oh, that, that scene was badass when it was, I think it was the last atomic blast or heat ray yeah. that Godzilla was going to do. And this, this was completely different from the previous, the previous heat ray blast. Cause I don't want to say it was half hearted from his previous ones or the, the, the previous ones were half hearted, but this one, he put his whole body into it. Yeah. Like he's retching, retching as in like, he's going to barf like a cat Yeah, where uh, he's like, Oh, I got, I'm put, I'm put my whole body into this one. And, when he leans in to potentially blast the ship, his his jaw feels like it gets a little bit more gaping or a little yeah. bit more wide, and his eyes are yeah. a little bit wider. I'm like, oh my god, this looks this looks cooler in black and white. Yeah, that was one of my favorite scenes as far as compared to the colored or black and white version. This looked cooler yeah. in the black and white. I so this isn't relevant to the color, but when when I was talking about the admiral, um. So it was either the before sequence when the Godzilla was going to shoot the heat ray, I could see his jaw like quivering. Yeah. Or it was the, it was a scene afterwards when he's giving the salute, you could see his jaw quiver. So I, I thought that was kind of good acting. Cause it's like, oh shit, the, the, the worst is over. Yeah. Or, or something along those like lines. You're, it's well, your adrenaline was so high and now that it's over, you're like you there whenever you have some shit there's always like this shaky little feeling afterwards because yeah. you know your adrenaline is still at height but you're not doing any get off the keyboard and i can't i can't really say if that was just a genuine reaction that the yeah that this was something he was really acting at or maybe the guy was thinking fuck this is probably the most important scene of the movie and I right, better yeah. enjoy it. I'm, I'm, I'm a minor character right? Yeah. and um, I just better enjoy it. So it was more, not so much the character, but the person playing the character right. thinking like, fuck, this is a great scene. Like I'm just really appreciating it. So I, I don't know which one it was, but I'm going to make it more to a testament of the guy being the actor. Uh, the, yeah. the actor. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, I don't know what else to add. Um, maybe, Maybe the scene where Godzilla's swatting. Oh, okay. The the Shinden plane. Oh yeah, yeah. The the the, and the, the counter to the bomber. Yeah. What was it? What was it called? It was, it was called local local def, local sh, local fighter Shinden or Shinden, something. Yeah. Lo, local defense fighter Shinden or some shit. So when that music. Okay. Another thing, maybe I forgot to I forgot to mention in episode one. I don't think I did, but maybe just to reemphasize it yeah. is when the the music sinks in with specific scenes, when the, 
when Tachi Bana is missing and Shikishima needs to go to the postal service to figure out where he's at. Yeah. And it has that hopeful music. Din, 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 yeah, din. yeah, yeah. And then it also happens again when when the Shinden takes first flight and the the plane takes off and that music's playing again. Man, that it makes the it, it hits you right in the heart, dude. Oh. It, it gets you all inspired. You're like, yeah. fuck yeah. I mean, I love Godzilla thrashing and destroying shit, but I'm like, I'm I'm completely on the human side as far as this one goes. Yeah, and then well, uh, for the music, okay, when there's the sequence when Noriko is in the train and Godzilla chucks another train car or, or a boat or something at yeah. the track and it gets in and they stop. Yeah. And they show Godzilla when she looks back for the first time mm-hmm. and she goes, like she just whispers it and then it it's it's like a zoom in on her face and then she and then it immediately turns the view around and you see Godzilla and the, and it's silent this whole time with there's no music playing no score and then it's just that like that thundering Godzilla classic Trumpets, the trumpets the, the, the tubas and the fucking deep uh what are they not whatever the i guess they're tubas the tubas and the trombones and shit that are making that oh man it that was so perfect and then that that whole music continues through his whole rampage fucking ginza and it was yeah that was fucking excellent the the utilization of music was very spot on i guess probably the best way it pains me because the list of oscar nominations is now oh they didn't get put on there well it did but he got it for best VFX, best visual effects, which makes sense. Yeah. Godzilla did look pretty sweet as true. Uh, this was a first CGI Godzilla that has been featured. Yeah. But I thought for one thing, one other category that they could have been nominated for was best original score. Naoki oh. Sato. Yeah. Knocked it out of the park, dude. I don't know who's in charge of syncing up music with specific scenes. And uh, yeah, man, that that person made some of the best Godzilla music that I've heard. And whoever's job, aside from the composer, it was to to just make those synchronicities happen with the music and, and the visuals. Oh man, it doesn't get any better than that. I wish it would have been nominated for an Oscar for for best original score, but shit, man, I'm not even. I'm I'm basically surprised that this thing this thing even got nominated for an Oscar. Oh yeah, um, what were the other? Was did Godzilla get any other nominations for? No, that was the only one I think. God, that sucks, man. Because that's such a good movie. Didn't even get best foreign film. Couldn't even get that. Nah. Best actor. I think it's actors. because it's it's something. Is, there's a word for that, right? It's not it's not taboo. It's not cliche. Something along those lines. Where to to vote to vote on a blockbuster monster movie. Oh yeah, it's like it's uh, not, it's too. Yeah, it's, it's too low. Is it low? Brow? I guess that's probably what they call it. Is low low brow. It's for us Neanderthals that like action and dumb shit where i mean because what what could you expect for best picture and uh yeah I, it's always usually a holocaust movie a world war ii movie some movie about yeah. slavery civil rights movement something along those those are the easy ticket to get into best picture right yeah and godzilla being in best picture would it doesn't it doesn't fit fit the bill for 
for best picture, I guess you could say, because it's it doesn't fit the fucking typical stereotype, I guess. Yeah. But it was probably by far the best movie of last of of the of last year or whatever for sure. Mm. So, um, I mean, I didn't see Oppenheimer either, which I kind of wanted to see because I heard that one was really good, but it was long. I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. I don't, I I mean. It was cool to see, but there was a lot of parts where I was getting confused and it was fucking long because they, they would jump between time periods mm. and there was a lot of characters to keep track of. And that shit got in the way of understanding the overall movie. Yeah, that was I kind of felt a similar way about fucking Napoleon. Napoleon? It was fucking they just fucked it up. I felt like, well, obviously there was a bunch of shit that was wrong. They made basically Napoleon seem like a sexual deviant and that he was just pining after this fucking, this hooker the whole time. And that was the whole exi- point of his existence. Uh, you know, the man fucking was the emperor of fucking France and took over a bunch of fucking places. And they kind of like undershot that a little bit. I don't know. I just, for, for a movie like about a guy that was in charge of France that got got into a lot of battles had it was lacking in the battles department. Yeah, there was, was like three. The there was like three battles, and it was all fucking. It was terrible. I think we talked about it before, but yeah, I just maybe it was to to make the 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 war scenes stand out more and to fill out his character arc. <sighs> nah, man. But, but just, the fucking why was so much fucking the, then? Well, that's the thing. You don't need to fill out a guy's character arc when he's a historical figure. Everybody knows his character. You yeah. don't need to fucking give him character development in the movie we already know what his story is just give us the story yeah you know don't fuck don't fucking fiddle fuck around like the new gladiator movie i'm all i'm a little concerned about the new gladiator movie coming out because you know who's directing that ridley scott i feel like i think because he wrote it it's a ridley it's being said as a ridley scott film so written and directed i don't know if well let me just google that to make sure i don't want to tell people the wrong information all right let me uh new uh, Gladiator. gladiator movie writer and director let's see gladiator 2 coming out november 22nd 2024 uh it's an upcoming epic historical drama directed by ridley scott not written by him oh it was written by david scarpa okay all right what did he did you write the original gladiator no, i don't know like it, but yeah all right so it wasn't him it wasn't him so he just wrote it so that's that's good I he guess, wrote maybe. it or directed it no that he i'm sorry he just ridley scott has just directed directed it okay so he didn't actually write it so maybe this will be better Cause I think he, did he write Napoleon too? Or did he just direct it? Mm, where's the movie list here? Don't know. Uh, Gladiator. All right. Oh yeah. He did Black Hawk Down too, man. I forgot about that. <laughs> it's a great movie. Uh, Down. So to wrap up any thoughts you had on Godzilla. Overall, yeah. Um, fucking, oh man. Okay, it's directed by Ridley Scott, but it was also written by the same guy who wrote the like Gladiator Two. Is, it was written by the same guy who wrote Napoleon. So, but how did it come out so shit? I don't know. Well, he wrote. Well, that's the thing. Maybe Gladiator Two is also going to be shit. That's why I'm concerned. It's the same two guys. It's the director and the writer are both the same. You know what's horseshit was when is is when there's a trailer on uh-huh. and it says from the executive producers that brought. Oh, Deadpool. Yeah, but it has nothing to do with them. (laughs) That doesn't make me want to see the movie anymore. It doesn't help. It's true. I don't think about that thing. I don't think about that at all. But uh, shit, now that you bring it up, as far as writers go. Fuck, man. The only things this guy's done, he wrote, he directed this movie called The Last Castle, which was a 2001 action drama. And then he wrote The Day the Earth Stood Still, which was that one with uh, 
fucking what's his name keanu reeves oh the remake yeah and then he wrote this movie all the money in the world from 2017 and then he wrote napoleon and now gladiator 2 so i i'm not i don't have high hopes for this this is gladiator 2 is probably gonna be terrible but because it's Ridley Scott, everybody's going to go see it. It's going to get all the nominations and all this horse shit. Because so Napoleon got a lot of nominations on shit. Is, is Gladi- Gladiator is based on a real person, correct? No, it's not. It's not? It's enti- well, it's a, it's a historical fiction, fiction. drama. Okay. So the characters like uh, in the first Gladiator, Marcus Aurelius, that was a real guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Commodus was a real guy. Fucking, I think... Uh, whatever the fucking uh, what was his fucking name in the Russell Crowe's character? Maximus. Maximus. I think that might have been a real guy, but I don't think the stories were actually. They weren't. It wasn't history. It's based in history, but it wasn't. You know, I don't know if there. I don't think there was an actual story where a guy was a general got then thrown into fucking. Sl- I mean, I'm sure that happened, but mm. I don't think they directly referenced anything like. I mean, kind of like, okay, Kingdom of Heaven. That's the one that's about the Crusades. <laughs> yeah. That's a great, I love that fucking movie. With, uh, who, who's the guy that starred? Uh, he was also the Hulk. Oh, yeah, it was, uh, fucking, uh, Eric Bana. No, not him. Uh. Sounds right. Yeah, right? That was, was that him? I don't remember his first name. Something Bana, right? Yeah, Eric Bana. That's the guy. Well, no, wait. The Kingdom of Heaven, the Kingdom of Heaven was, uh. What's his name? Uh, the dude fucking from Pirates of the Caribbean was the main guy. Lando Bloom? Yeah, he was the main guy in that. You sure? Yeah, I'm positive. I think Eric Bana might have actually been in the movie, possibly, but I don't. I don't. He wasn't the main guy, though. I know that for sure. And Liam Neeson was uh, in it. He was the. He was the like his his father. The Orlando Bloom was the bastard son of. Uh, oh shit! Maybe he wasn't. When did uh, when did when did that movie come out? Kingdom of Heaven it was like. <sighs> Early 2000s. Probably 2001, maybe 2000. Yeah, I don't see it. He was in Black Hawk Down, though. Yeah, I know Eric Bana was in Black Hawk Down. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a great fucking movie. Yeah. So, All right. But yeah, so. Godzilla. Anyways, back to Godzilla. Fucking great. One, if you, one more thing. Oh, yeah. Last sequence. Okay. Last see, sequence, like every fucking other word. Yeah. Um. The scene with Noriko and her little mutation on her neck. Yeah. That was great because of the contrast with the blackness of the goo and whatever's yeah. going on in her veins and her right. pale white, well, pale white skin only because of the well, gray skin, but yeah. yeah. But that scene, again, you get to see that shit better in focus because of the black and white film or the 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 adjustment that they made to make this. And, uh, True. Super cool. Super. I don't have anything else to add. Neither do I. It was a great movie. Uh, if you haven't seen it, in color, you should see it in color first in mm-hmm. theaters, and then you should go see it in black and white in theaters. I, I don't know if I would recommend seeing it in black and white for your first run through. Mm-hmm. I would say probably see it in color first, and yeah. then see it in black and white, so you can appreciate the black and white afterwards. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what was the other thing that you wanted to, to talk about? Okay, so I was looking forward to Disney announcing Tron mm-hmm. was already in the process of being filmed. Tron Three, right? Yeah. 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 And then I saw Jared Leto was attached to it. Fuck. Fuck's he going to be? A new uh, character? Probably the protagonist of the movie. So it's not going to pick up. For, okay. So it's not Tron Legacy. I don't think it has anything to Fuck, do with man. Flynn. It's not, it's not going to have to do anything to do with Flynn or his son. <sighs> I think it's just the world of Tron itself featuring Jared Leto, which I don't give a shit about. 
Because we already saw what happened with Morbius. Yeah. Morbin time, dude. Fucking terrible. Yeah. (sighs) Well, I I have to say Tron Legacy is one of my favorite fucking movies of all. I love that movie, dude. It is for sure in my... Fuck, man. I don't know if it's in top five, but it's for sure in the top ten. I I guarantee you that. I'd have to think a little harder if it's going to be in my top five, but it is for sure in the top ten. That I love that fucking movie. Everybody in it's fucking great. Jeff Bridges is fucking awesome. Fucking whoever I forget what the kid is. The kid's name is who plays fucking uh, his son or whatever. He's fucking awesome. Olivia Wilde's fucking awesome as the Cora. as the Cora chick man. It's just fuck. It's just so good. I'm trying to think of the guy. Uh, I think his name is Alan. Maybe I'm wrong, but the guy that played. He was kind of the information person that was all white. Oh, fuck. Yeah. What was that guy's fucking name? That guy was cool. That guy was cool, man. Michael Sheen. That's his name. Zeus. It was the guy. It was the character. Yeah. Zeus was the information broker or whatever guy. Yeah. That guy was sweet. That was like one of my favorite parts of the movies. Yeah, man. uh, He's just like dancing and giving them information and i think he i think he sells them out right like he, yeah he does in the end yeah that's yeah. It, or not in the end but that's he does sell them out fuck man so <sighs> so I, I don't know man i, I was hopeful i was kind of hoping tron 3 i don't know where it would take place in because they're they're they did leave it open-ended where cora gets into the real world so now she's a real person but she's she is uh, a living program, I guess you could say. Now, Sam, that's a guy's name. Yeah, Sam. Sam there you go. Yeah. Sam uh, is having a relationship. So why don't they like continue with that? So where it's maybe, maybe. All right. There is no one listed on the cast so far from the original fucking cast of Tron Legacy. It says it is a direct sequel to Tron Legacy. It says it's a direct sequel. It says it's the se- it's a direct sequel to Tron Legacy and the third feature film in the overall franchise. Uh the screenplay was by whoever. Oh, guess who's producing it? Jared Leto. Oh man. That's why he's in the fucking movie. Okay, here's the other part. It's called Tron Ares, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guess who the character is that Jared Leto plays? Ares. Ares. Fucking I hate who that. Who gives a shit? I hate that. Who gives a shit? But I also, agree. We also need to keep an open mind, I suppose, because I mean, shit, as much as I love Star Wars and the Skywalker family, sometimes you need to move away from that shit. But I mean, sure, same, but yeah. with Tron... With we, Jared Leto, I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. But with Tron, though, like, okay, yeah, we had the 80s version, which that was a pretty good movie in for, for, what, for its time and what it was. But Tron Legacy gave us the modern fucking version of that, and it, was, it blew everything else away. It was so good. You're going to give me a sequel, but you're taking a step sideways or yeah i don't i don't want to see a sideways i want to see a fucking actual sequel to the movie i want i want to see the same shit yeah initial tron legacy sequel development let's just see what this says oh yeah okay so tron legacy only cost 140 million dollars to make and it made 400 million dollars so obviously it 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 was should have gotten a sequel probably pretty quick but it's saying they announced it in 2010 when the movie came out that it was going to be there was a sequel in the works yeah, well, oh yeah, they, they already they, announced that they were going to start doing it, uh, and then uh, the script was in development in 2011, mm-hmm. and then uh, they were expecting it to be finished, and then I guess something happened, and some shit kind of fell out, but they thought they were going to start filming in 2014, and then uh, it turned out that they uh, were wrong. Disney said that they, uh, it says Disney, in March 2015, 
Disney had already greenlit the film with with uh, Headland, which was uh, the guy who played Sam. Garrett Headland was his name. Uh, some other dude and Olivia Wilde already ready to return. Okay. Okay. And the production was going to begin in October of 2015. That's what they had said. And then that was in March. And then in May, Disney says, ah, never mind. We scrapped the whole thing. And Olivia Wilde confirmed it and said, yeah, yeah, guys, they fucking, they did it. And then they said the reason for cancellation was because of the box office failure of Tomorrowland starring George Clooney. Oh, Jesus They said Christ. that's why they canceled fucking Tron. Because they didn't have a good year? No, because that one movie, the Tomorrowland movie, did so horrible. But, like, that movie was kind of shitty. Tron Legacy was great. You can't tell me that you really thought that Tron Legacy, a sequel to that, which basically you made probably not not just double maybe two or maybe three times what you made off of uh or you know maybe like two and a half times off of your what you what it cost you you made that in profit so you can't tell me that you you would expect that it would do poorly just because some other shitty ass movie that you made did bad that was also a science fiction-esque movie i also don't know if people are that incompetent that they would associate one movie with another that they just see Disney that Disney is attached with Tomorrowland and then Tron comes out. Oh, Disney made it. So it's not going to be good. It can't be that stupid. Is it? I agree. Um, so the guy, that guy, Garrett Hedlund, he, he had told people that the sequel wasn't totally dead and he wanted, he was trying to get it pushed to go. Right. So then in 2016, uh, somebody at Disney who was an executive basically revealed that they were talking about Tron and then they were saying, Hey man, we should probably do something with this. And then he later said that the sequel would be, it was in a cryogenic freeze as, as opposed to completely canceled. So, so it was in a definite hiatus. Yeah, basically. And then it said that, uh, he was basically saying that because they just bought Lucasfilm and Marvel, that Tron was definitely getting put on the back burner. Like it was not going to be featured in anything anytime soon because again, this, this is, this is they're 2017 make, they're making money. They're yeah, making well, money. Well, they just spent a shit ton of money and now they got to figure out how they're going to make it all back with the properties that they already just bought. They did get it back though. Oh, well now here. Okay. That was in like 2017. So now here it's 2024. So now here, that's what seven years later. So it took them seven years now to finally make all the money that they were going to make, hopefully back. Mm. And now they're like, cool, now we can focus on some other shit. So that's why this Tron third movie is now starting to get play because it's, it's like, Hey, but it's been, so then, uh, now they're now that, okay, now it's being, Oh my God. Now it's being called a fucking reboot. So it's now a spiritual it, sequel. So, so now it says it's reported that the franchise in 2017 later was being moved towards a reboot instead of a, direct sequel so it says with jared leto being attached playing a character named aries so this was in talks since 2017 to have this come out the way it's it's shaken out now so um, this is only a sequel only in number and it is a completely different story and i swear well, if it ends up okay being- so it is saying that the character aries was retained from prior iterations of the sequel script that had been kind of finalized they retained this character so that is an aspect of it i don't know well, they've already been through three different directors now so um i'm not gonna lie dude i'm oh, not very hopeful for any of this yeah the only thing i saw that was interesting was that daft punk is gonna reunite to do the soundtrack for this movie that's kind of cool also but that that is uh, i think that's a rumor I, I don't remember if that was confirmed or if that was a rumor but if that is in fact happening uh I know maybe I'll probably be checking out the album for sure. Oh, we should do a album review. Yeah. Fuck, you know what we should do? Because they did the whole score for Tron Legacy, right? 
They did, yeah. So we should do an album review of Tron Legacy, and then we should do one of the new when the new one comes out on the music on the All Gas No Trash podcast, mm. Game Rage Music, just to just to do that. That'd be kind of cool to to compare and contrast the two. Um, but yeah, so basically, basically, this I don't think this is going to end well. I think this is going to probably be shitty. This movie itself, it's going to hurt Disney. It's going to hurt <laughs> oh, me. Man, this I is will say, hurt. there's one good thing. That Julian Anderson, my one of my childhood crushes, is is, is is coming on in an undisclosed role. So I don't know. That'd be kind of cool. I like Julian Anderson. So that, that's true. Psychopaths don't. That's who. Uh, Shitbags. I'm not very hopeful. I'm, I'm thinking, not either. Dude, if they if they just. I know this sounds stupid, but the name Ares makes me think of the God of War. Yeah, that's probably the what their mythology. So they're going to create an archetype out of that yeah out of greek mythology i'm sure and that's they, what they're going for and then just overlay it with the tron world yeah which could technically be said about the first two movies with flynn being god and then the son of flynn being jesus and tron right. legacy yeah to return to he's the promise the chosen one or yeah. whatever you know but i guess but at least they changed it up a little bit you know this is literally I feel like they're going to like this Aries thing. I here's I'm going to call it right now. They're going to they're going to retain because at the end of the the movie, you know, whatever she had come out. Right. Olivia Wilde's character Cora, had come yeah. into the world. But and then they had freed the other people and they had brought some of them in. Right. So this Aries guy is going to be fucking probably somebody who was from the what was the fucking uh, the main bad guy who was just Jeff Bridges, but digital. Um, oh, clue. Cl- yeah. Whoever the fuck that was, yeah, that guy is going to be, like, somebody from his team is going to be who this Ares guy is, or something that he created as, like, a defense, more than likely, and it's, oh, he's going to have escaped into the real world, and now he's going to be out here causing havoc and doing all kinds of crazy shit, because he's probably got magical powers, and that's going to be... Yeah, because that was the motive of Clue itself, that... They wanted to take over the world, that was their whole goal. Yeah, like, they were going to bleed out into the real world. Yeah, that was his whole objective basically was to go into the real world and fucking take it over so man missed opportunity is what that's going to be it's going to keep me up knowing that jeff bridges is probably not going to be involved at all Mm. i mean at least from what is being said so oh his name hasn't been listed on there at all so makes you it just makes you just want to commit (sighs) seppuku yeah it does it really (laughs) makes me want to kamikaze into godzilla right now (laughs) (laughs) oh man man if there was only a way to summon Godzilla to to make sure the Earth is destroyed so that we don't have to suffer and oh. see this thing well, come to fruition. You know what? If Godzilla were to be summoned and to go and let's just say destroy Disney World in Florida, they wouldn't be able to make this movie. They'd have to cancel it again or put it on a cryogenic freeze permanently. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's an option. So yeah. anyways, yeah, you got anything else? Uh, I guess I could say that I'm hopeful that our next movie will be Iron Claw if it's still in theaters. Yeah, me too. I don't know how long it's going to be in theaters, but if we have a chance to see it, to do a review on it, I'd, I'd like to do that. But if not, we're just going to have to see the uh, forecast or schedule for 2024 20, releases. But I've also heard of, uh, do you want to go a little bit more on yeah. this podcast? Cause, yeah, um, yeah, I'm down. Because according to... Many news sources. 2024 is supposed to be a shit year. Oh, really? For movies because everything's being delayed. I think Deadpool 3 has been pushed to 2025. So I think there's a lot of expectations that this is going to be a flat year for movies. Fuck, movie. man. Uh, Deadpool 3 says still 2024. Is it? 
might have been pushed back to later in 2024. Uh, let's see. So we got, oh, yeah, Craven the Hunter. Craven the Hunter. What that, is that? That one comes out, says 2024, but that one looks kind of cool. I'd, I'd be interested to go see Who, that. Who's playing? Who's playing? Um, who's playing? Uh, it's what's his name? I think it's that dude from, uh, oh, Christ, what's the guy's fucking name? Uh, the guy from uh, Kick-Ass. Um, oh. Uh, oh, here, Aaron Taylor Johnson. Aaron T- yeah. He's playing Craven? Yeah. That's weird. Oh, dude, he's shredded too, man. Like, he is, he's, he definitely did steroids. Does, I, he, does I, he have the buzz cut? Uh, let's see. It, what kind of, in, what kind of, the, what kind of look the, does he have? In the picture, let's see, Craven, let's see, here he is. Oh, well, let me zoom in. Let's do, uh, let's just Google Craven the Hunter. Craven the Hunter. Oh, that's, fuck, uh, wow, I fucked that up. All right, so that's the, come on, IMDb. That's what he's oh, looking Russell like right there. Crow. Oh, yeah, Russell Crowe's in it. So, yeah, he, I don't know who he plays, but that's him, right? Oh, that's shit, Craven Hunter man. right there. So he looks, yeah. yeah, man, he looks fucking pretty legit. I, I think this is going to be a fucking great movie. Right, why introduce him now? Why introduce him now? This is for the Sony Spider-Man universe, right? Uh, that's a good question, actually. Let me, uh, I think let me see is. who. There's no way that Disney has the, the rights to spider-man characters and shit i mean shit let's see oh, who sony. knows sony craven the hunter uh let's see where is here it is they're introducing this dude him? and they don't even have fucking uh because technically it's supposed to be andrew garfield right that is the sony spider-man currently but they never, they never, they never followed. Yeah, they, I think so. They never followed up with a third movie, and they're creating all these tangent. Maybe they're just trying. That's what they're trying to do. Is maybe they're going to lead into that potentially. They're going to have all of these side characters from Spider Man, the Spider Man universe, get their own movies. Because what's her name? Um, well, I guess it's technically Marvel doing it, but that the Web Lady, Madam uh, Web. Madam Web. That's that's another one that's coming out this year. That is that, a that, side Spider Man character. Yeah. So, but I think I think that's under the Marvel banner though. Um, I don't so, think it is. I think it's Sony. Well, maybe you're right. Sony, right? You said, uh, 2024 movie film. Yeah, it's coming out. I think actually like next month. 2024 film Sony Pictures. Oh, it's Sony. Yeah. Okay. So then maybe setting this all is, this shit up, and then then you have a fucking Spider Man. Like they maybe that's and, why. Maybe and, they're setting all this up. Andrew Garfield hasn't been Spider Man since that uh, that Disney movie with all three Spider Mans. So they have Venom, and Venom has kind of been like holding it down as the protagonist of that universe. Yeah, so. that's true. But they're they, they're not going to tell like probably the most important stories with Spider Man and Craven, which is like uh, I think it's called like Craven's Last Hunt. Or something, yeah. Where him, him inspired like his his objective is to take down the spider, and and that's, that's Peter Parker, right? Yeah. So like, how are you gonna have that if you don't have fucking Peter Parker? It's interesting. I don't know. Yeah. So the so okay. So this is what's coming out live action films for the Sony uh, Spider Universe. It's Madam Web, Craven the Hunter, and Venom Three coming out this year. Venom Three, oh Christ. So yeah, Craven's last hunt is probably the story that everybody would want to see on screen. Uh, and that's probably what they're going to lead into. Yeah. But fuck man, I, I don't know that that's, I don't know what get, they're expecting to see. do with people marginally caring about, I mean, this is off on a tangent, yeah. but 
all these characters that a lot of people don't care about. I mean, Captain Marvel's really, if you love the Marvel universe for, I mean, Disney yeah. made that movie and it fucking bombed. Yeah. So like, why would they, why would Sony even imagine Madam Web is going to do well if she was basically a minor character in Spider-Man, in Spider-Man to begin yeah. with? Yeah. Yeah. I, that doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. Um, also apparently Amazon, uh, prime, or Amazon original movies is uh, doing a remake to Roadhouse starring Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh yeah. So I saw that. Yeah. That might be pretty fucking good. I, I might have to watch that. That was the Patrick Swayze movie, right? Yeah. 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 And then, uh, yeah, Godzilla X Kong that's, that's coming out. So, you know, we're going to see that, uh, there's this new movie called civil war. I wonder what is it f- about the civil war. Nah, it looks like, I mean, they're in a, uh, they're in this, well, maybe, I don't know. They're in the statue of Liberty in the trailer. Uh, let's see. It's a film. Let's, let's, let's read the synopsis. Cause I might want to see this. This film uh, written and directed by so-and-so, Kirsten Dunst, Wagner Mora, Stephen McKinley. Oh, Nick Offerman's in it. That's the, cool. the guy from Parks and Rec? Yeah, the uh, Ron, Ron Swanson. Yeah, yeah the, the mustache uh, It says, the film follows a team of journalists who travel, travel across the United States during a rapidly escalating second civil war that has engulfed the entire nation. Oh, my fucking God. They're, they're telegraphing. They're fucking telling us. Okay, so it comes out April 12th, so we're going to have to go see this. Like, there's no fucking way. Yeah, we got to go see this movie. Yeah, it says the premise is in the near future, a team of journalists travel across the United States during a rapidly escalating civil war that has engulfed the nation, struggling to survive during a time when the government has become a dystopian dictatorship and partisan extremist militias regularly commit political violence. Man, this is a fucking documentary. <laughs> oh, Nick Offerman's the president of the United States during this, this time. That's kind of cool. Kirsten Dunst is a reporter. All right. That might be interesting. So we got that coming out. Uh, let's see. Let me go back to the thing. I was trying oh, to find Oh, it. Bad Boys 4 is, 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 is coming out. That. Um, I was trying to come. So I think we're probably getting cl- t- closer towards the end of the oh, episode. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, and I'm looking for a vocabulary word in terms of film or cinema. I can't find one exactly. Oh, you know what? It's not necessarily that we have to come up with our own example and a statement, but maybe it's true. Just fun to look into words in film itself. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to go with this one. It's pretty, it's pretty common. It's common in photography itself. So I was going to say, uh, the deaf, the deaf of field. Okay. Deaf of field. In simplest terms, is the depth of field is how much of your image is in focus. In more technical terms, depth of field is the distance in an image where the object appears acceptably in focus or have a level of acceptable sharpness. Controlling the amount of the photo that is in focus in one of the photographer's best tools to help draw the viewer's eye where you want it to go. So, depth of field. Depth of field. <clears throat> I think the death of field in Godzilla was increased during the black and white version. Death of field. Yeah. Like the, the contrast of stuff was higher, right? That's kind of what it means. Like certain things are focused on <sighs> or made to be clearer, I guess. So I think maybe an example of that is maybe for, when you get the aerial shot of Godzilla in Tokyo yeah. smashing shit, right. the depth of field is further away. But when you when you get the eye level version, when the news reporters were 
seeing him at eye level, mm. Godzilla, the depth of fuel was shorter. So your focus is on Godzilla's face, I guess. Oh, you say. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. But anyways, uh, yeah. Depth of field. Yeah. Depth of field. All right. Well, that's, that's good. I like that. That works. He, he was the focal, focal him point. At that level was the focal yeah, point. Yeah. His face was the focal point. Yeah. So, yeah right. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. All right. Cool. Well, it's a good one. All right. So anyways, word of the day, kind of. Depth of field. Depth of field. I mean, yeah. I, I didn't really want to use it as an example. It's more just uh, hey, it's, to fulfill, fulfill our quota. Yeah, it's better. We, we need to meet the quota, so that's all that matters. <laughs> uh, anyways, so yeah, thank you guys for listening. Uh, this will be the end of the episode, so you can go to all of our shit, Game Rage Magazine, check it out, blah, blah, blah. Uh, stay tuned maybe to the, uh, what you call it, Game Rage Music slash All Gas No Trash, where we will be maybe reviewing the Tron Legacy and the upcoming Tron Ares fucking soundtracks just to uh, just by Daft Punk. So that might be interesting to uh, discuss. So anyways, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. So thanks for listening, and I guess we'll catch you on the next one. Oh, hey there, buddy. It's me, 1930s announcer guy, here to congratulate you on making it through this episode. As our heroes are getting in their jalopies and riding off into the literal sunset, they wanted me to tell you thanks for listening to their radio broadcast, and should you be so kind as to follow them on some fancy-schmancy radio station publication called Instagram and TikTok at Game Range Magazine, and on some other thing called Twitter slash X at Game Range Mag. Also, they uh, wanted me to inform you and ask if you could be so kind again as to uh, visit something called the website at www.gameragemagazine.com. I don't know what that is, buddy, but uh, you should probably go do those things. And, you know, don't forget to tune in next time to the Game Rage Movies and TV Radio Broadcast.